So the longer I live in this life, the more I come to believe that the gospel is more than what happens to you when you die. The gospel frees you to embrace rest and to thrive in life today. In fact, the gospel is the foundation for the best rest of your life. And this is a message for everyone. The gospel is for today, and it's also for eternity. Let's take a look at our scripture that we're going to be uh, reading from this morning and, and kind of revolving, pulling from. Uh, it's in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. And I know you're at rest. Maybe would you stand with me as we read this the first time? And just to honor the Lord and the scripture and this idea of rest. Because you're thinking, Bob, I'm so rested already. I'm relaxing. I'm settling in. But we're going to read this together. And I appreciate you standing. Uh, so in Matthew 11, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you. you. You're welcome to be seated. Now, my old pastor when I grew up, he said, there's three things we're going to talk about this morning. There was always three. It wasn't three. It was three. I'm not sure why. So what we're going to draw from Scripture this morning is there. This is messages for everyone who's weary and burdened, who's laid down. And we're, we're under this old model of a performance and achievement and work that's unsatisfying. The second point is that Jesus is offering us a new model, one of rest that we can embrace and enjoy. And all we got to do is figure out how to get there. That's the third point. That's the bridge, like from the old to the new is Jesus. So this message is for everyone who feels tired and overcommitted, stuck in this old model. Let's look at Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 again, and I'm just going to read the first part here. Come to me. This is Jesus talking to us. All who are weary and heavy laden. And I looked up all, and you know what it means? All. Every, all, entire, the full quantity of people who feel weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. So who is this message for? Jesus is talking to, in the cities of Galilee, to a whole diverse crowd in this passage of Scripture. In Matthew eleven twenty 20 to, to 30, he's, he's contrasting those who have rejected him and those who accept him. And the differences and the consequences that we have because of that. In the first four verses there, in 20 to 24, maybe that might be five verses, He's talking about those who reject him, and he's telling them, woe to you that I'm here, and I've shown you miracles, and you reject me, and you have terrible consequences because of that. And he contrasts that with those who accept him, and with this, and he, the contrast he uses is this rest that we get through him. And so it's for everyone. The people in that crowd, they were religious people, Pharisees, they were non-religious people, Jews, Greeks. Believers and non-believers. And so this message here is for all of us. And we're all trying to sort of 
get out of this state of being weary and heavy laden, aren't we? We can all relate to this. I mean, we have this burden of sin that weighs us down that we learn in Genesis causes us to toil in life. We know from Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. And that's not only our, our death in the future, our spiritual death, but it's like a journey. It's a toil in this life as a consequence of the natural sin that is having, that, that's in our lives. And so let's look at these ideas of weary and heavy laden and kind of flesh out what, what they are. So Because there are two different ideas. Weary is being physically and mentally tired. It's being worn down and worn out. You think Jesus understood that term weary? Think about the 40 days that he spent in the desert. That described him as hungry, like hungry pains, like craving food. Uh, A trip that he took from uh, Judea to Galilee, about a 70-mile trip, halfway through. It's where he stops at the well and talks to the Samaritan woman. He'd been traveling probably or around eight hours, six or, or so hours that morning already, 10 or 12 miles or so at the pace. You think he was weary? It describes him as weary. It says he's being wearied from his journey. So he understands what weariness is. Heavy laden is different. Heavy laden is like being weighed down, loaded down with burdens, something heavy. Like, like a load that you put on oxen or your big Ford truck when you're carrying stuff around. Another example of being a heavy burden is our soldiers that are out there. I was in the Army. <laughs> I was talking to somebody earlier this morning. He said, you know, we've used that picture like a billion times for briefings. Those who have been around the Pentagon have probably seen this picture. But look at that guy. He's burdened. He's heavy laden. And it's not, if you look at him in his face and the dirt on him, it's not just the physical part of him that is burdened. I mean, it's a, when you're tired and when you're burdened, it affects you emotionally, mentally, spiritually. It weighs us down. And so Jesus is talking to everybody who is weary and burdened. And he's offering, and he's describing a model of restlessness in this, where, and you think about our friend Frank, he's working, he's restless, he's trying to achieve something. And so psychology gives us, uh, we can borrow some information from psychology that can help us understand maybe a formula for how to think about this to put it in a model, to like our old ways, our old self and how this works. And I want to thank actually a a Dallas Theological Seminary professor of mine, uh, Dr. Gary Barnes. He taught me this model. He taught us these models uh, a long time ago when I was in seminary. And it's just something that stuck with me and I found it very practical. But it makes sense if we work hard and we, we achieve what we're trying to do, we feel good about ourselves, don't we? I mean, we work hard, we study hard, we get a good grade on the test, we feel good. We don't get a good grade, we don't feel good. You know, if we get the promotion, we feel good. If we don't, something's not feeling well. So if you put this in like a model, if you're a mathematician, as long as we perform really well, we can feel good about ourselves and we have a sense of value or 
psychology might call it, self-esteem. And so if you look at our model, it, it has performance on the top over expectations. And how this, and how this works is as long as you perform well enough to overachieve your expectations, you can feel good about yourself. You get a sense of value. You perceive that you're worthy. You've, Frank has accomplished what he needs to do. So this model works great as long as you can perform well. You know, you still, it's a fraction. So you outperform your expectations, then you can feel good about yourself. But there's a problem, isn't it? Because we can't always do that. So the way this model works is uh, if we want to feel good about ourselves, build up our, how we think about ourselves. And again, this idea of uh, self-esteem and pride about our life and what we're doing, we, all we have to do is perform well. But if performance goes down, so does our self-image. So does how we feel about ourselves and how we assess ourselves. So the only way we can be successful in this model is either continue to perform well or lower our expectations. And it gets a little bit more complicated than that because we, there's a lot of expectations out there. It's what we expect of ourselves. If you're a perfectionist and you're around, you have all these things that you're going to take care of and do or expectations of others. And then there's expectations that we think others have of us that they really don't. So this old model, if you put the other slide up, it shows that it sort of leads to this idea of self-esteem, and it's very conditional, and there's no rest in there because you're always having to work to perform. You're always having to work. Frank is always going to have to work to get ahead. The other problem with this model is you're building up your self-esteem, not really your internal inherent value, and so you become prideful. And what happens when we become prideful? Pride goes before the fall, destruction. We know that from Proverbs. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians where he talks about not working so hard or you're going to become arrogant or puffed up. You know, like a balloon. When you puff a balloon up, it can get so big only and then all you've got to do is put a needle in it and pop it and then everything falls apart. So this is not a good model. This is not a good model. And so What do we do when we have a bad model? Reject it. Right. We reject it. So we want to reject the bad model, and we want to look back to Scripture. Thank you. We rejected it. It's gone. So we got rid of that one, and we're going to go try to embrace this new model that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 11. So let's look at that real quick. Again, I'm just going to read from 28 to 30 about some of the characteristics of this new model so we can pick it up. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So this is a big contrast between heavy, weary and heavy laden and rest, light and easy. 
Quite a big difference. The gospel changes everything. This model of rest is based on understanding who we are to the Lord and our inherent value to Him. That we're created in His image. That we are precious to Him and deeply loved by Him. And it's not something that we earn. It's something that He gives us. Let's take a look at Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Something that, a verse we, many of us know. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works. That no one should boast. Again, a reference to the, to the pride. So it's an unmerited favor that we receive this rest from Jesus. It's a gift. It's not something that we earned. It's not something that we have to pay back. It's a present to us. He gives it to us to keep. And the thing about this grace that we receive, it's not just, we use this verse a lot when we, we talk to a non-believer, somebody who hasn't placed their trust in Christ yet, and we say, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to work your way to heaven. For by grace you have been saved, through faith. It's not of your works. We understand that. And most of the folks in this room, we've done a survey of our church. Most of the people that are here know this truth and have accepted it in their lives. But we use this a lot and think about in the context of salvation. But it's also in the context of living our daily lives. We're saved by grace. We're not having to earn it. We didn't earn it, and we don't have to continue to try to earn it, to keep it. Uh, let's look at Hebrews. The same idea here were a reference to the rest that we get because we're not struggling in this grind of the old model. Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter his rest so that no one will fail or fall but following the same example of disobedience. So rest here is a change of state. It's a change from work to a state of refreshing tranquility, to a state of refreshment, to being absent from this tension of life. And it's a good thing. You notice that God rested. Do you think he was tired? Do you think he had to rest after creation? No. He's modeling it because it's good and it's healthy for us. In Genesis 2, 1 through 3, it says God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. He set it apart because he rested from his work. And he's setting this as an example for us in this life to be able to rest and not have to perform in this old model of trying to earn our value and our worth. We're significant without having to do this work so this new model is, is kind of simple, and there's only a model there because we have an old model. So the new one is just our true value is just inherent. We are inherently significant and secure because of God's love for us. And we kind of can live in this environment of, it's of rest because it's unconditional, because it's not dependent on our performance. It's based on God's grace for us. So the gospel 
is greater than what happens to us when we die. The gospel frees us to embrace the rest that God's offering and to thrive in life today. And so we have the old model of works and stress and unrest, restlessness, and we have the new model by God's grace, rest that we can, all of us, Christians and non-Christians, can enjoy when we come to Christ, who is the bridge, who's the third point of this sermon, which is, let's go back to Matthew and see how we transition to the new model. Matthew 11 again, 28 to 30, and I'm just going to highlight a few of these words. Come to me. This is Jesus calling us. You could put your name right in there. Bob, come to me. You are weary and heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Bob, take my yoke upon you. And what the heck is a yoke? And why do we want it? We'll talk about that in just a second. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And Bob, you're going to find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the only step we need to do is to come to Christ. These are relational terms. Coming to him. We're taking from him. We're in a relationship with him is what he's asking for. He's not asking for the works in this, in this old model over here. He's just asking for a relationship. And that is kind of like, you know, if you have a headache, you have to do something about it. You remember the old commercial, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. The relief is there. You just got to take it. So we just have to come to Christ to get that relief. He does mention taking the yoke upon himself. So what is a yoke? Well, it's a... It's this stable gear that joins animals together, work animals like oxen, horses. It binds them around the neck so that they can work together as a team. They carry the load together. And this whole scripture is, has a lot of Old Testament references because the, the crowd understood this as a reference to the yoke of the law, the burdens of following the Jewish laws and being um, burdened by making sure you obeyed them all to earn your way to God's favor. And Jesus is contrasting himself with that, saying, my yoke is not like that. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. In Acts 15, 10 through 11, you see Luke is sharing uh, a story about <clears throat> uh, the council in Jerusalem. And Peter's talking about and defending grace. And he's saying, now therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke which neither our fathers or we have been able to bear? But we believe that we're saved through grace, through the Lord Jesus, in the same way as they are also. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. That's his answer for us in Matthew 11. I will give you rest is literally, I will cause you to have rest. 
rest from work. It's, it's not rest from work, it's rest in your work. It's not, it's not that we don't have to go to work and earn a living or take care of our kids and do, do all those things that we do in life. We do have to still care for ourselves. We still have to do something to put food on the table to eat. We still have activities and things that we want to do, but that shouldn't cause us unrest. And that's what Jesus is talking about, giving us rest in the midst, in the midst of the work. Because, as we've already talked, this is because by grace you're saved in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 again. And then, as if that's not enough, in Galatians 5, 1, Paul's talking to us about this freedom that we can enjoy in Christ. And he's, again, with a reference to the old model, he's talking about it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Free to rest, free to not perform, but just to respond to him out of appreciation for what he's done for us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to this yoke of slavery. These old ways. Don't be subject to these old ways. So we have an example of uh, a visual contrast. As an army guy, we love pictures. So there's a visual of kind of a difference between how you might live your life as... uh, outside of Christ, outside of being yoked with him, in tandem with him in this life. So there's a skydiving video. You might have seen this commercial before. This guy's all harnessed up. He's got his harness on, but he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's not familiar with skydiving, so he needs a dive master to help him. But he still has a choice of whether he's going to hook up. And let's see how it goes for him, this first video. Sometimes you just need some help. <laughs> Sometimes you just need some help. The harness is snug. It's ready, but he's got to, we got to yoke into it. Okay, so that's contrasted to what life can be like when we're free. When we're free, like Galatians 5.1 says, for freedom Christ set us free to enjoy life, to thrive in life. We'll be talking about with the gospel. Let's see what it's like when we're in tandem with somebody. It's a little bit different. It's just like a short trip, but you get the idea. That was amazing. 
Ah, there's rock and roll music going on. This is, this is the life we're supposed to be living as Christians. Out there, enjoying life, thriving, because we're not trying to work for our value. We can rest because God loves us and we're inherently special because we're created in his image and fully accepted by him. So the gospel truly is greater than when you die. It's what allows you to be free to embrace rest now and thrive in life today. So Jesus provides the bridge from these two different models. From the old model to the new model. From unrest to rest. From performance and working your way to inherent value. From unconditional or very conditional to unconditional. Right? From anxiety to peace. So the only question is, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond to that? I have to tell you a story because um, it is our, our choice. I'll show a picture real quick of my, my army days and then my son. Uh, he wants to be like me. He's looking up to me and seeing that. What I thought when I was in the Army, I loved my Army career. I had fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, but it was a toll on our family. And so, I, you know, I thought, and I was working hard, a lot of hours, and gone a lot. So I thought, hey, I know how to handle this. This is like the old model. I'm going to get out of the military and spend time with my family. Things are going to be good. Hey, how do you think that worked out? Those models, like, they come with us wherever you are. It doesn't matter what job you got, right? I mean, you can work just as hard in any environment that you're in. You don't have to be in the military. You don't have to be in the government. You don't have to be in business or have some high, big, important job. You don't have to be a general officer or a colonel or a sergeant major or president of the company. We, those models follow us wherever we go. So really the choice is, what model are you going to pick? Which yoke are you going to carry? For non-Christians, if you don't know Christ, it can start, it can start for you today and securing your eternal you can enjoy the gospel, and it does become something that's special after we die. But for us Christians that are in the room, we also get to make a choice about it. So, how are you going to find rest in the middle of this restless world? How are we going to do that? And just think, if we do choose the new model... And we encourage others to do it. How, how much more restful this life can be, even in Northern Virginia. Lord, thank you for the rest that you offer us.
through Jesus. Help us to embrace that and truly experience that in each one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.